What do you call a Tesla that gets stolen? An Edison? Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are rising from recession. And our guest this week, well, he's doing more than putting the team in Team Busby. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're gonna learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, <laughs> and our guest this week is John Busby, the owner of Team Busby. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. One of the reasons we're here talking to John is not just because you've, if you lived in Kern County and you've probably seen his face on countless TV commercials, online ads, you've seen his face everywhere. He is an incredibly successful real estate person. and. We are currently in the middle of a white hot real estate boom. But the key to all this, the key to John's success has been what he did when things weren't going so well. And so he's able to ride this boom. And so when this bubble we may be in bursts, he'll still be coming out on head, ahead based on the lessons you have learned. And one of the things that's so great about talking to you, John, is very briefly, you started as a little farm boy out of Arvin. Yep. yep. You did not choose real estate to go into. Very briefly, tell us how you got involved with real estate. Actually, I was in grocery for 11 years, Alpha Beta Supermarket. And then uh, I got into real estate lending. Mm -hmm. The lending was good, but like you said, I'm from Arvin, country boy. I'm in a room that's 10 by 10 with another loan officer. I did very well, don't get me wrong, but I was just cooped up. And I decided, okay, I want to try the real estate sales. And I got into real estate sales in 1990 and never looked back. It, it fits, you have to do what you enjoy, and it fit my personality. And I just really enjoy what I do to this day. So what you're telling me is you're not the kind of person that wants to be cooped up in a windowless room in a windowless <laughs> office. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. have to be out with people. Yes. yes. You made the transition into real estate and you are a natural salesman or is this something that was learned? No, I, I, I attend a lot of conferences and seminars. In the one seminar, and again, in the 90s, early 90s, he said, you can be a realtor or you can be a business person. Neither one is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I was working really hard trying to make, I, I got into, I mentioned to you earlier that I got into a situation where partners filed bankruptcy and left me holding a substantial amount of money. Mm -hmm. And so I worked day and night and what was happening is I had to hire a part-time person. Other agents, they laughed, and, and I, my You're, highest, best use of time is in front of people. But that's the key <clears throat> right there, is you took the personal development, you put, took the personal training, and even when you were left holding the bag financially, you realized you needed to hire somebody 
to do the things you didn't do well. Yes. You started your business off with one employee. Yes. And now you have how many employees? Six. I have six. Mm -hmm. What did you do or how did you change yourself in being able to adapt to having more than one employee? You have to trust your staff. Okay. I'm very picky, very picky. I've, I've had people that want to join the team. They don't fit. Mm. They just, the personality, ethics, they don't fit. I'm very, very picky. Right. And the, the people that I have running it now, I've had, I've had other escrow officers and, and reps and we have to say, man, you have a fine-tuned machine. Sure. It, but it, it, it didn't happen overnight. Mm. And that's the, the, the beauty of it. It, it. I learned from going to conferences and seminars mm. and gleaning information from other businesses because I went to one where you had to have a certain amount of production to attend. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I fit that and you paid and you got these breakout and I took notes and what have you. I incorporated that back with the team. So as we expanded, I had the information from other companies nationwide to bring that into the business and it worked out very well. I don't want to put too much of a fine point on this because you just illustrated something key. You went to the conference, you took notes, and then you did it. <laughs> we have seen other examples of unsuccessful business owners who didn't actually follow through and did it. First of all, you're spending a lot of money going to these conferences. Correct, correct. There's motivation there to actually implement it. But from you personally, as, it, as personal development goes, why was implementing what you learned so key? And then follow up with that, how did you go through and take the lessons that you learned from what you did to develop and grow your business? I'm competitive. Mm. I like being, I don't have to be number one, but I like being at the top. Right. like being the cream of the crop, if you will. Right. And so by taking these lessons and taking this guidance from other fa failures and successes, mm -hmm. and what was good about it, they would talk about the, fa they, the other brokers, would talk about fa failures and successes, which we spoke of. So I, take, I took those, the right personality handling the right position. Mm. And so you have to be able to understand personalities. It's been a God-given gift for me. I can read a person in 30 seconds to a minute. Was this something that you learned intuitively, or was this something that you learned out of a book? Um, this is the introvert asking. No it's, a, no, it's a combination of both. It really is. It's a combination of both. I've always had good people skills. Even in high school, I was voted a best personality, and that meant a lot to me. Right. Not the best looking or any, any of that. Best personality. And that means a lot because you have certain traits, certain businesses command certain traits. Salespeople is not the best talker, it's the best listener. You and I spoke of that. Right. And so I, I listen, I care, I pass it on. We have many meetings with the team. The, the production end of Team Busby and the administrative end of Team Busby. We have many meetings. And, and I, I, when you have a broker come in and say, you have the best team in Kern County. And he, he, he doesn't do business with us. Right. And said so that, and you, it, it's like, what a compliment. And I don't take anything for granted. Uh, come from a very humble background. Right. So I care about, I just care about Kern County. And if I ever lose this in the business, mm -hmm. I'm done. Right. I'm done. Right. What have you done with your business that allows you to streamline your business that you encourage other business owners to do as well or even offer to them? Watch your outgo. 
-hmm. you always watch Iago. Been in business 31 years. Right. Two years we operated in the red. 08 and 09. Ah, banking crisis. Yes. Anybody that remembers 08 and 09, we right. operated in the red. And you just you learn from mistakes. Right. And like I've said to my son and other pe younger people, I'd rather see you try and fail than to fail to try. And if you make a mistake, that's can okay. You, can you repeat that one more time? I'd rather see you see, see you try and fail than to fail to try. And my son, I tell him, I said, Jonathan, if you make a mistake, I'm okay with that. But if you make the mistake over and over again, you haven't learned. I have a problem with that. Right. And so he's very, very good and he listens. If visionaries want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Okay, my phone number is 410-SELL. 661? 661-410-SELL, S-E-L-L. I gave that to a client and he was dialing C-E-L-L <laughs> and he couldn't get to me. And then John Busby, J-O-N, there's no H, Busby at teambusby.com. Real simple. And are you on social media? Yes. And, the and your social media handle is? The girls handle it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> very good. No, they very do. Good. They very do. Good. Yeah. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify, and leave a comment. We love the comments that you give us, whether it be on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you listen to this program or watch it on YouTube. And when we come back, we've been getting going through and talking a lot of nuts and bolts already in this episode, but. When we come back, we're going to find out more about the background, the history, and some of the mistakes that John has overcome and how that has helped him both professionally and personally when we come right back. Any aim you have in any area of your life can be enhanced with better leadership and communication skills. And there is no better place to learn leadership and communication skills than your local Toastmasters Club. My name is Kirkland Tibbles, and I've been a Toastmaster for 42 years. And I'm here to tell you, the supportive and fun environment of Toastmasters is a great place to learn. Come join us, won't you? You won't regret it. Toastmasters, the fun and relaxed group of leaders who will help you get ahead. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and set your business ahead of COVID and ahead of your competition. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button, that's Toastmasters.org, and click on the Find a Club button today. We're here with John Busby, the owner of Team Busby, and our visionary question comes from Marwan, who asks, what steps do you take to help the customer develop an emotional connection? But more importantly, how do you teach those steps to your employees? First of all, you sell with your heart. Mm. You don't sell with your pocketbook. If you sell with your pocketbook, we're the wrong company. Mm. We are. When people feel that, they want to like you, they want to trust you. Mm. And when you go in, for, I'm talking strictly real estate now, and you can incorporate these other businesses. Right. I go in and I look at a property. Okay, John, if this was your home, what would you do? How would you handle it? What would modifications would you make? And I pass it on to the clients. I'm not going to sit there and tear somebody's house down. I cannot tell you how many sellers this agent came and just ripped my house apart. Mm. I'm not using them. Right. But you can do it in a way. What's good is my wife and I, when we sold our home, I practiced what I preached. We thinned it out. Mm -hmm. We made modifications to the property itself, corrections, and then we sold it. Right. And we did. We got good value in that particular market. Right. So it's easy for me to extend that to a seller because we did it. To teach the group, the team, 
I let them know, because we have meetings typically once a month. Mm -hmm. I said, guys, sell with your heart. If you see something, and they work strictly buyers, mm -hmm. if you see something that's not good in the property, speak up. You're not going to lose that client. If anything, you gain their trust. Right. We've had that over the years. And I've had, I've had them say, I really like Jerry. I really like Annette. I know they've got my best interest at heart. So right. when you get a call from the client, you right. can't put a price tag on that. When you go through the property and the real estate agent says, you've got this problem with the XYZ part of the house, it's going to cost you money to fix that and repair that, that goes a long way. It, it does. And I get some sellers say, I want to sell it as is. I explain to them, it's just some numbers. Here's a house that's 400000 mm -hmm. fixed up. Here's a house that's three hundred and twenty, not fixed up. 80000 spread. Okay, mm -hmm. they can put between twenty to twenty-two thousand into it. I've asked sellers, "Would you spend twenty thousand to make 80? I've never had a seller tell me no. Right. <laughs> so again, just being candid up front with them. And most of the sellers, they do. They'll say, "Just hey, tell me what I need to do." And that's the fun part. Because it's one thing to go through and romanticize and paint a, a very pretty picture <laughs> of uh, walking in yeah. through the house and saying, look at the vaulted ceilings yeah. and look at this and that and the other thing. Don't mind the, you know, the, the ding in the dark corner right. of the closet. Right. Right. How did you go through and, and emphasize that balance of saying, this is the future home of, that you're going to raise your children in or your grandchildren in, and don't mind the dead body in the closet? Yeah. How, how do you run that balance? Again, it goes back to showing the advantages, the features, and the benefits of the particular property. Right. And when you do that, you're not selling them. You're pointing out the mechanics of the property itself. Mm. You give them, oh, here's a, another good example. Sure. Great home. Uh-huh. Great home. But it was in a district that the schools were marginal. Mm. They asked me, I said, I can't really converse on that because we're bound we can't we can't say anything negative of any school district what have you i said but you can get online and check the schools and their performance right that's again that's being totally honest they were from southern california they had no idea of the bakersfield market the regions and the school districts right mm -hmm. and they were able to make a, an informed decision yes on their own. yes yeah one of the great things about you john is you, to say you have a colorful history is an understatement. <laughs> you already mentioned uh, about your, your father uh, that we'll probably <clears throat> stick in the credits. So if you are paying attention, we'll, we'll throw it back there. But you've been married before. Yes. And tell us a little bit about your first wife, because this is a wonderful story to, to, to to behold. I got married at a young age. Uh -huh. I was 21 and she was 19. And very, very attractive, extremely attractive. And I was raised out in Arvin, uh, real close to the Tarver family, the Johnson family, the Martin families, black family, and Mexicans. We worked out in the fields. Right. And so my brother and I, we just don't have any prejudice. We just don't. And so this guy bet me $10 that I couldn't go out with this black girl. Just drop dead gorgeous. Sure. She's and, unattainable. She's <clears throat> too pretty for you. She, yeah. <laughs> so I asked her out. She blew me off, said no. I asked her out the second time, said no. Third time, we went out, had a good time. A year later, we got married. And this is a white boy and a, and a black woman, you know, in 1971. And it was like, it's it, unheard of. I got treated 
poorly by both sides. I mean, mm -hmm. I was called all kinds of names, but what they didn't realize is that I used to spar with one of the toughest guys at Arvin, and he'd hit you hard, and he was very fast, very strong. Uh, he weighed 180 pounds, he benched 450. <laughs> That's wow. to give you an idea. That's a punch. Yeah, and so, uh, but he made my brother and me, you know, he did. He, he, he cared about us. Mm. And so we moved to Long Beach, and then I became quickly, we were married four and a half years, and quickly two playing for her. She became an LA Rams cheerleader, and then an Ebony magazine. And then uh, we parted ways. Mm -hmm. And four and a half, five years later, I met my wife, Kim, and uh, we've been married 40 years. And I have to say, Kim is the love of my life. The key to this is <clears throat> business owners can get enveloped in their business. And part of your personal journey, part of your personal growth in all of this that you had between your first and your second marriage was also your business and sure. the growth of the business. Did that have something to do with why the first marriage didn't work and why you've learned from that and how come you've been married for 40 years successfully now? I learned back in the first marriage, she was more into the movies. She, she did actually did a part in a movie. She wanted to be, you know, and she, she did, she did okay. Uh, that was not me, that was not my lifestyle. And I think that combination, everybody was telling her how beautiful that she was. And it's hard to, you get over and over again, you tell people, good person, over and over again, you told you're this, you're that, and then you're, you, you just, you think you're, better and, right. and, and so I, I became too plain. My wife now, she's, she's drop dead gorgeous. Right. She's, she's beautiful. Uh, you know, and uh, we just click. We, uh, she compliments me. I'm seat of the pants and she's very organized. Uh, a lady, this is years ago, said, John, your country, Kim's country club. So, and she makes me really good. She makes me try hard. And I think that's what sometimes business owners, mm -hmm. your spouse, if she's behind you, mm. or if the husband's behind the spouse, and you, I don't want to say she pushes me, but she makes me want to try harder for mm. her. And uh, it's worked out very well. 40 years. Sure. And uh, I just love her to death. How has she helped you? keep in check the because real estate because because real estate agents they can spend 80 hours a week in the field I did when I was paying all that money back that I had the partners filed bankruptcy and I couldn't file bankruptcy I the first year I worked 360 days I took five days off the entire year and you sold 51 homes 51 in, homes, homes brand new yeah weeks. brand new and, and if you're not familiar with the real estate business, that's breakneck. <laughs> it is. Well, it, no, seriously, it did. And it, it took a toll. But we have children and we have God. And when you have that, it's like, uh, we're not going. We had a rough time in 08 and 09. Mm. We talked about that. Financially, the crash. And, but 40 years. And I look back and go, wow, you know, you're going to have problem it's not you don't go through them you go around them and mm. my wife and I we talk we we make sure we we have time we have dedicated time that we speak with one and talk with them, and converse and, and, and talk about things and uh, I live 
in a home that I, it, it's, it's not, it's, it's a modest home, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not anything fancy, because you know, Basque, Oaky people were, were, were satisfied. But she has decorated it to a T, and you're standing it, you can see, right. that's all her. When we come back, we're going to learn why not only John is one of the premier real estate agents in Kern County, has been for so long, <clears throat> but the nuts and bolts that has helped him become successful for so long. When we come right back. The reason we're here with John Busby today is because of a visioneer question. They came from a visioneer just like you. They reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram and wanted to find out how do I communicate the way my business can help them feel, what I can do for them in the way that makes them feel special, feel right, and have confidence that I can help them with my business. So if you've got a question, you've got somebody, got something that you want to learn about, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and send us a message. And let us know what it is that you would like to learn about on future episodes here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. We're here with John Busby, the owner of Team Busby, and our visionary question comes from Kathy who asks, how do you instill confidence in your employees so they can accomplish bigger things without you being there? With the girls, they've been with me quite some time. And building confidence, and that is a very good question, building confidence is important. Mm. And when you give them... And why is it important? Because what it does it makes them feel stronger about their decisions, what have you. And like I have two people that they make they make big decisions when I'm gone, right. and because of past experience, what have you, and guidance, and the and say, you know, I appreciate what you do. You make me look good, and they do. And you're only as good as the people under you. And I let them know I'm very open with them, mm -hmm. very complimentary, but the compliments are sincere. Mm -hmm. I don't just say it just to say it. Right. And they'll tell you when I walk in the door, probably two days out of the week, are you guys having fun yet? And it sets a tone. Uh, off camera, you mentioned you have two metal legs and a metal arm. Mm -hmm. And part of it is because of what hobby do you enjoy? Two wheels. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I have uh, one plate and six pins in one leg. I have two plates and 12 pins in another leg. And I can't even tell you what's in my, my elbow. It's, it's all metal. I've got the x-rays. And I just, I've always loved two wheels. I gave them up having children right. for 17 years. And then I started riding again, and it was my fault. I had dual sport tires. I'm on asphalt, and it went into a sharp turn, a 15-mile-an-hour turn, maybe about 30 miles an hour. wasn't going fast, but faster for the turn, and hit a steel post and won. And then the second time, I literally went off a mountain. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that was an experience. But I enjoy two wheels. I made an agreement with my wife. I'm not going to do anything that will it's strictly street now. And I sold the one, one bike that could have gotten me in trouble, and I, I got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> and when you say two wheels, we're talking about more motorcycles. Yes, uh, yes, of course, of course. Yeah. But I've had friends on bicycles uh, worse <laughs> than yeah, worse than, than me. I had one friend; all his teeth knocked out. Hit a yeah, wow. Hit a post. You've just now bought a new bike. Mm -hmm. 
What kind is it? A Ducati. Yeah. And why that particular Ducati? Uh, I have a bucket list. Okay. And you know, Harley. I have Harley. I have Kawasaki and a KTM, and and uh, I wanted a Ducati. And I, I I can afford the motorcycle. I couldn't afford the maintenance. But mm. they came out with a new valve system that the the adjustments is thirty six thousand miles. So I thought, okay. And I, I've always wanted one. And so yeah, I pulled the trigger. It's a fine bike. It is. Yes. What have you learned from riding a bike, a motorcycle, that has affected your business? I do a lot of thinking when I'm on the motorcycle. Mm. When, you're, when you're out there, and we just came back from Mammoth, mm. and uh, for five of us actually, and you do a lot of thinking. And I think about the business, how to fine tune it. Mm. And it, it's like, I can't sit still. I can't let things stay stagnant. I, I'm doing a couple things right now that are, that are new. And uh, we, we utilize it and it's worked out really well within the team. And, but I'm always thinking about making it better. And I hope I do that uh, as long as I'm in real estate. I always want to fine tune it. If something out there is really good, you know, I told you about the seminars that I attended mm -hmm. uh, actually in Orlando, Florida. It was a, the moving truck. That was by design. I attended as a breakout session. You had to have a certain amount of production to attend. Right. And I got the, the moving truck. Right. That moving truck, December, will be 20 years old. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Still runs good. And it, it's a GMC. Mm -hmm. And uh, we change oil all the time. I'm an oil nut. Sure. We change oil. Motorcycles, cars, you name it. Right. I'm an oil nut. Clean oil. Sure. And it's been very good to us. Yeah. One of the things that I mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation here is your face is everywhere. If not your face, definitely the properties sure. that you've listed. They are everywhere. Sure. You have mastered something that a lot of business owners struggle with, which was figuring out their marketing and ad spend. And for you in the industry that you're in, Visibility is huge. It's very big. How did you learn where that line is and how much advertising and marketing you needed to invest in in order to have the, the revenue stream coming in and be able to have the successful business you have? That is a very, very good question. It's probably one of the best questions. I'm a numbers person. I watch the numbers like a hawk. I watch the production. I watch the outgo. Mm. And over time, I start. I did a little. It's just. It just. It was growth, and so I started a little bit, and it returned. Start a little bit more. A little bit more return. Mm. Start a little bit more, and so if it doesn't work, I'll try. I'll pretty much try anything. I'll give it six months. Right. If it doesn't bring a return, it's done. Right. You go on, and I'll make a decision quickly. I'm not going to sit there and. Take my time. Well, maybe let's do it. Try. It. I don't. I don't do that. So you went through and you did incremental decisions, yes. and incremental observations. Correct. And you've made the conscious decision that you gave it a full six months. You didn't wait just a month or two no, or a week or no. two. No, that's not fair. Why mm -hmm. not? It takes time. Mm. It takes time. And I've had people in different industries. Could be print. It could be uh, radio, mm -hmm. TV, just different types. Try, you know, they'll say three months. I said, no, I'll do six months. And they're excited because right. we just doubled it. Right. But again, when we call the office, they'll say, how did you find out about Team Busby? And we put it down. And that's yeah. the key right there. Yes. 
I find out what's working, what's not working. Not everything works. Yeah. Is there something that I should have asked you? I attribute a lot of my success is the personality, what God has given me. Mm. I said that one time at a seminar in, uh, it was at Hodel's. And people, because they asked me, how do you stay on top year after year after year? And, and I said, I give it to God. And some people poo-pooed that. Mm -hmm. And I don't push my beliefs on anybody. You have the right to choose whatever that you do. I just know what God has done for me and my family, my wife. And that part is really uh, very instrumental in our business. And uh, I care, I care again, I, I, I just love people. And that's a God-given gift. And I think when you care about the person and the end result, you don't have to worry about the money. The money comes. People talk. And I get people to say, I to somebody told me that you'd be totally honest and upfront and candid with us. Well, yeah. And so that's, that's, that's the success. If visionaries want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Okay, my phone number is 410-SELL. 661? 661-410-SELL, S-E-L-L. John Busby, J-O-N, there's no H, Busby at teambusby.com. Real simple. John, this has been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you very much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you, Michael. And we'll have my final thoughts for you when we come right back. Any aim you have in any area of your life can be enhanced with better leadership and communication skills. And there is no better place to learn leadership and communication skills than your local Toastmasters Club. My name is Kirkland Tibbles, and I've been a Toastmaster for 42 years. And I'm here to tell you, the supportive and fun environment of Toastmasters is a great place to learn. Come join us, won't you? You won't regret it. Toastmasters, the fun and relaxed group of leaders who will help you get ahead. Go to toastmasters.org and click on the Find a club button and set your business ahead of COVID and ahead of your competition. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button. That's Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button today. Ever have one of those moments where you're driving home after a meeting, and in my case, an interview, and I've got, oh, I should have asked that question, or... More importantly, you have an epiphany. Well, that happened with me right after this episode. I was driving home and I was recalling all the pictures that John had in his house of his mom and his dad, of his wife, of his children, of his grandchildren. And that's when it hit me. You come from a long unbroken line of people who struggled through struggles that you and I can't even possibly imagine. They had challenges, they had difficulties, and yet they came through. After all, you're here, and it's their genes that are flowing through your body. So the next time that you're having a difficult day, your life isn't going as well as you would like it to go, things aren't quite turning out as you had hoped, remember, their genes are your genes. And if they get overcome the struggles in their lives, so can you. 
Until next week, I hope you learned something with our conversation with John Busby of Team Busby. And I hope that you learned something from this episode that you can use to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.